hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me today, not tomorrow or yesterday, my dear friends, Lieutenant Commander David and Commander Eric. Changing it up on you guys, keeping you on your toes. How are you guys doing? So, so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm great. That sounds so genuine. I'm great. Last week tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay. And or tomorrow. tomorrow. Or tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Or tomorrow? Yeah, the four's too much. Okay, just three tomorrow. No more, no less. You can ask me yesterday how I was doing. And about today? And yesterday. <laughs> I feel like you guys have some big feelings about this episode that you want to talk about, which we might do at some point on this episode. Maybe. Huge feelings. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously David's favorite episode. It's got his favorite element of all of science fiction. Time travel. Uh, time time travel. travel. Yeah. The butterfly effect. Over and over and over again. All we needed was Ashton Kutcher to show up. Maybe he was there. <sighs> Did you guys know that time is like a predator? That stalks us, right? Mm. Did you also know, Eric, that people assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect? But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Insert clever time joke here. Did you know that time is the fire in which we burn? Oh my gosh. Guys, tell me about your week. Put the... Mercy, mercy. <laughs> anything anything <laughs> fun or exciting happen besides talking about tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow, and yesterday, yesterday, yesterday? Uh, yeah, so um, <clears throat> we, we celebrated Raquel's birthday this weekend. Ooh, this past ooh. weekend. Right? We went out on Saturday. Saturday, not only were we celebrating her birthday, but it was our 100th day of marriage. Aww. So it's like you get the big milestones in ones, right? Mm. One month, 100 days, one year, one decade. It's the big milestones, right? Totally. 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 Yeah. That was fun. Okay. <laughs> we, um, no, we went out um, to, in downtown and... We uh we went somewhere we valet parked, right? Mm, and, fancy. Like, you know, I'm not normally a valet parker, but you know, we valet parked, gave marquees, they took the car away and you know, and then we went out and uh <clears throat> at the end of the night we decided to be responsible and take an Uber home, right? So, you know, from downtown to our house it's not exactly like a quick trip. It's it's a decent length trip and we got home, Uber dropped us off and it drove away and we're walking up and I'm like babe I don't have any keys <laughs> it's like I don't I don't have any keys she's like are you serious like yeah do you have any keys she's like no I didn't bring my keys it's like yeah uh, I don't have any keys oh my god that's so we had to like Call another Uber to come back 
<laughs> Uber back downtown. Get the car out of valet, and by that time we just drove it home. There you go. Uh, fun adventures, right? <laughs> now we, I had a cute little story to tell. That's right. That's right. Oh, oh boy, I don't I don't valet much either, but I have a few times, and I just I, I take my car my car key off of my key ring because I'm paranoid. <laughs> So, <laughs> you get one key. Same with the mechanic. You get one key and one key only. The rest are mine. Oh, man. Good grief. There, I don't, I mean, I don't think, I think we've established that none of us really valet park much at all. There's, like, been one place that um, my wife and I went to that we were, like, required to valet park it was the weirdest thing it was um, at like a Brazilian steakhouse in Dallas that we went to um, and it mainly because like downtown Dallas is just so cramped like you would be probably parking like seven eight blocks away at least um, if you really wanted to try and find a parking spot on your own so but I it know, ended I, up being pretty affordable in the grand scheme I, of things so it that's the that problem bad. with big cities is Places yeah. don't have their own parking lots, mm-hmm. right? And I remember we when we went up to to visit you last month, uh, we went out into into Dallas and we could not find a place to park. We we're trying to go to that that park on the overpass, right? That you mentioned. Oh yeah, Clyde Warren Park. Yeah. Yeah, but we couldn't find anywhere to park, so we just mm-hmm. didn't go. <laughs> There's a parking garage right there. Yeah, it was full. Oh, okay. Saturday night, it was full. Well, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's one of my biggest pet pe- pet peeves is parking. If oh, I can't find parking, I start to get pretty hot I get under the collar. Pretty angry. Like, yeah, it's it's not good. Man, man, we're learning all sorts of things tonight. I like it. Just make sure Dave's got a good parking spot and a good parking garage. Preferably one with taller, taller uh, roofs. Right. I have. I mean, I drive a truck, so you get a couple, oh. couple of those that are just like, oh, am I scraping? Nope, nope, we're good. You're one of those folks. I got a truck. Well, I rule the road. Yeah. Well, it is nice, but not an obnoxious truck. Just a normal one. Okay. Okay. You don't have the. 350 diesel with dualies and the extended cab and the extended bed. <laughs> One, they're <laughs> tremendously expensive and it's basically like a mortgage on a house. Two, there's no need for any of that unless you are seriously hauling serious stuff every day. If yeah. you have it for any other you know reason than that, you are just a insert word that I won't say here. <laughs> But no, I. But then there's the reverse, with people who have trucks with short beds. Now you just have an SUV that had your third row taken away. That's true. By a by an ineffective bed that will do nothing for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. that's true. You got to at least have six and a half foot back there, man. Just it's just big enough to get your move done. You can do a that's lot right. with that. Mm-hmm. You can drop the mulch <laughs> in the back. Take it mm-hmm. out. Speaking of mulch, I was researching mulch today for a flower bed. 
Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize people still mulched these days. I thought that was like, you know, a thing of the past. Nah, people do. People do. Yeah, we, I mean, y'all have seen, I'm pretty sure you've seen the, the front flower bed, at least glanced at it at one point when y'all were here. But, like, we just hate, like, you know, tidying it up and then, like, it just, the weeds and stuff just grow back, like, like that. It's, it's annoying. So, uh, I'm pricing out, like, how much it would cost for me to do the thing versus a professional to do the thing. And, um, <clears throat> like, we don't want anything, like, too crazy done. Like, we just want, um, like, the weeds to be tamed, right? Put some landscaper's cloth down for, like, a barrier. And then putting some, um, what would that be, like, some um, pine nugget mulch, I think is what it's called. Um, anyway, it's, like, one of the better types of mulch that you can use for, like, you know, um, stuff or whatever. Um, but, yeah, like, it would cost about I think close to you know 150 200 bucks for me to get all the materials and do it myself or five hundred dollars for like a professional to do it so it's like uh, how much is your time worth exactly and that's exactly why I'm pricing it out I'm like is it worth it to me to pay that much I don't know but yeah, we're wanting to make the the front yard look a little bit nicer, instead of like uh, like trash. Looks like garbage right now. That's all I gotta say well, about that. You know, when you decide you can't part with that extra three hundred bucks, you know, you just play Mrs. Robinson in your headphones as you're doing it. You know, it'll be just fine, man. Okay. I can I'm do that. just making fun of suburban living. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks. No, like le- legitimately. So um, my fiance's parents were mulching their yard. They have a lot of mulching to do. Their entire backyard is basically landscape. So I, I got volunteered to pick up this mulch. But what I didn't know is it was an entire pallet of mulch. An entire pallet of mulch is like a lot of freaking mulch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Full pallet. I pulled up and this guy on the forklift, he's he he's he's getting it. I was like, just need a pallet of mulch. He he he's just like edging that thing. You know, the entire back end of my truck's just dive bombing down. It's like, you got to get it closer. Got to get it in there. Just push it in there. And he goes to leave it where it's partially, like, on the gate. I was like, nah, you got to push it in there, man. Just, like, just like edge it in. You know, you, you take the two teeth in your, in your thing. You just kind of rock it in. Just rock that thing on in there. Finally, he got it in there where it was, like, not bottoming out. But boy, oh, boy. I, uh, I went to get on the highway for the short stretch I had to go and I got off the highway because all of a sudden the back end just starts doing a little wobble once I hit about 55 I was like well that's not going to work if you haven't driven much in Ohio you know we don't drive 55 anywhere mm. ever including school zones You're about to cause a final destination scene. You stayed on the highway. Basically. 
<laughs> yeah, I went through a lot of residential streets. It was it was a lot of fun. It's a good time. Um, so one thing I wanted to to take a little bit of time, uh, not not too much, but just a little bit of time to talk about before we jump into the episode, um, as like a I guess somewhat of a segue into Trek. Um, after we recorded um, last week's episode. Uh, I believe it was the next day or so that news broke that Star Trek Prodigy had been canceled. So, guys, um, not only has it been canceled, but it has also um, been removed from streaming on Paramount Plus, and it's being shopped around right now. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts and feelings, reactions to that news and like that decision? <clears throat> I thought David was punking us when he sent us that that message. Yeah, I mean, it, what? It doesn't make any sense, like at all. Well, um, I mean, even when I when I saw it, I was like, I'm not sure if this is like a reliable site. Like, I'm not sure if this is reliable news. But you know, I googled it, and several several sites had picked up on it. I mean, I I, I know. I know a lot of shows will go through the cycle of getting canceled and shopped and, and whatever. I remember uh, I, I watched a fair amount of Longmire when it came out, and uh, that went through like two or three different networks, finally ending up on Netflix, I believe, if I remember correctly. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it did, it, it seems strange. I, and didn't you say wasn't that supposed to go on to was it Nickelodeon or Disney or what what was the deal on that so the way that that prodigy was set up because it was a partnership with Nickelodeon is that um, the original episodes you know were going to initially drop on Paramount plus and then after a period of time said episodes would then release on Nickelodeon itself to be watched you know, on cable or whatever, without the paywall. So, um, but yeah, like that's that's how it was originally set up. And then that's why there was also like the Nickelodeon blimp that was always at the top of um, the title card or whatever. It's sad though. Yeah, it's I, don't sad. I, I don't understand because like, <clears throat> that's, it's a good show. Mm-hmm. I mean... It, it doesn't, and the fact that they, it's like, they didn't just cancel it, but they like took it off of Paramount Plus. Like, you can't even watch it anymore. No. Like, I, that to me also doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of make. But, no, go sorry, ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, we know that they had already finished, like, doing the production. They're in post production on season two. And so, like, they're going to finish it. Who knows when and where if we'll see it but I would imagine it's basically done so yeah I feel like we're gonna see it at some point but who knows when or where yeah like the th from what I understand like there's been a there's been another petition right that's that's been making the rounds and I need to find this to get like what the current number is um see if I can find it right now but there was there was a petition that um you know, much like we were doing, like with um, you know, Star Trek Legacy and whatnot, um, Star Trek Prodigy 
Um, this popped up like the same day, same day. And um, Safe Star Trek Prodigy has, um, as of the time of this recording, uh, 24,272 signatures. And I don't remember what the Star Trek Legacy one was, but I'm going to look that up just real quick. Um, Star Trek Legacy. Let's see what the number is. Um, Star Trek Legacy, uh, I mean, like, that that's a lot of signatures. That's 60,000 signatures. But still, like, the fans are speaking out. They're making their voice heard. Like, we want this, we want this show. Like, I'm of the opinion that of the era of Trek that we're in in terms of shows, like, Strange New Worlds and Prodigy are the top two of this era, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. Well, it just kind of makes you, makes you wonder, though. I know that, um, like, from, from Disney's standpoint... They, they promise so many different Star Wars, like mm-hmm. Disney Plus shows and everything. And, I mean, I remember the announcements and everything, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you're not getting any of these, really. And uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, I think... I think it kind of ma- makes you wonder about the direction of just television in general. And I know this isn't technically like traditional television like we grew up with. It's not yeah. it's not the program on, on the channel six or whatever. It's not on the telly. But <laughs> but it, a lot of networks don't really seem to be listening very much to their to their fans. And then one way or the other you get the BS of well, you're caving to this group or you're caving to this group or you're not doing enough of this or that. And it's like, you know, when you finally make a good show, I, I just, I don't understand. Like, no offense, but Lower Decks has not been my favorite and neither was Discovery. Why are you continuing to perpetuate that? I mean, I know Discovery, this is like the last season. Well, Discovery got, can- Discovery got canceled as well. Well, right, yeah. But I mean, like, you, you towed that along from longer than I would have towed it along. No offense, mm-hmm. but like it, it, it is what it is. It just wasn't, it wasn't the show for me, mm-hmm. just for mm-hmm. me. But it, it does seem weird. You know, the folks don't seem to listen enough to, right. to what the fans are trying to tell them. Right. And well, Picard, I think Picard went off the rails in season two and then they reeled it on back to do like classic Star Trek and then everybody, oh yeah, cool. It's great. But I don't know. Prodigy's, it's a loss. Like it's a, it's definitely a loss. I'm sure somebody will pick it up. Like I have a, I, I figure somebody will pick it up. Yeah, but like it's a, it's like the fact that like Star Trek is a Paramount property and like it's not going to be on a Paramount Right, it like doesn't make sense why they wouldn't. Okay, at least just leave the episodes that are already out on. The thing that here's the thing that I, I, I'm having like a little bit of a head scratcher with is that you know Paramount, as I understand it, owns Nickelodeon. Like Nickelodeon is part of like that brand or whatever. But Nickelodeon um, allegedly is the front runner 
to buy it. So how does that make sense that like ownership would shift from Paramount, big umbrella, to Nickelodeon, like underneath the umbrella? That, that That's just not computing for me for some reason. Well, maybe they didn't like the release structure. I mean, maybe it literally is just why would we premiere it on Paramount Plus, this app? I don't know what the sales are for Paramount Plus. Like, I know Disney Plus has steadily lost money mm-hmm. since it started. I don't know what Paramount looks like. Paramount's how, how much How much is, is Paramount now? Like As, 10 bucks? Well, now with the Showtime thing added in, it they've um, added, I think, two bucks onto the subscription now. Oh, I I pay nine ninety nine for the ad well, on, but I have I don't have Paramount Plus. I've got the yeah. the the Paramount channel on Amazon. But I think like you know if you're if you go through Paramount Plus, like whether you have like the Plus Showtime or the non whatever, it's still a two dollar increase. Um, and I don't know. I personally don't know anyone that watches much in the way of Showtime type stuff um so i think like part of it might be like some kind of like financial thing maybe you know like we have to like see like you know these are the downloads or whatever you know for these episodes maybe that was part of it you know part of like the out the like the math or whatever to justify whatever decision to can it but i think it's interesting that it comes on the heels of prodigy just winning an emmy also for I think it was art direction, if I'm not mistaken. So you have an, an Emmy, an Emmy award-winning show that you cancel, and not only cancel, but you remove from your streaming platform. Yeah. We we were singing the show's praises. I know in part one we were for sure. Like this was a smart show, even if it was geared towards kids, like. Y'all, y'all knew, knew, like, I loved watching this because I could watch it with my family and not have to worry about F-bombs and eyeballs being ripped out, you know? Like, this was, a, this was a, like, Smart Trek again. And I think we're getting Smart Trek again with Strange New Worlds. It's kind of touch and go right now, but we're still getting, like, that smart, intelligent approach to problem solving and whatever. So, I digress. Well, I mean, t- Time of Muck was the only 10 that I've ever given. Yeah. Within, you know, and that's within a flipping cartoon. Mm-hmm. You know? Something to be said right there. Yeah. Well, we'll be following this, and um, hopefully, you know, things will turn around soonish, um, and we'll be able to get back. It's my understanding that they are going to you know, finish season two and they're just trying to find a new home for it. Just like the Orville did, you know, with, um, Fox going to, um, premiered on Fox, but went to Hulu, Hulu, Hulu. Yeah. So there we go. And you know, Orville is doing well. So hoping, hoping and believing for the same with, um, with prodigy, but Please, that being o- said, only only caveat. Please don't make me buy another streaming service or whatever to watch this look, show. <laughs> look, if if it ends up being on Nickelodeon, I am not getting a cable service just to watch it. I'm not because like no. I, I already have YouTube TV, and as far as I know, Nickelodeon is not on YouTube TV. 
I think. But Nickelodeon is on Paramount Plus. Figure that one out. I know you get some of those Nickelodeon shows that are you included do. with Paramount Plus. Right. <sighs> oh, guys, <sighs> let's talk Trek. All right, everyone, this is your red alert. Red alarm, red alarm. As we go into spoilerific territory and talk about Star Trek Strange New World Season 2, Episode 3, tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow. What a fun episode. What a fun episode. Oh. Fellas, um, <clears throat> this, this episode, we get um, David's favorite, like we were talking about in the beginning, some time travel, temporal mechanics stuff. So I know David is just raring to go to talk about this episode like wow um so yeah this this episode we get like of course like the recaps of like augments and you know not liking being called that and referred to that and all the you know references to Khan, you know and whatnot uh, but this episode you know basically starts out with um you know a security log of some kind you know and La'an's doing her thing, and we get like a little bit of a tour throughout the Enterprise, and uh, one of those spots is in the transporter room, and we have a Denobulan. Hello. We got us a Denobulan um, in the transporter room post-Star Trek Enterprise, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, you know, this opening little montage here, it, this is one of those little small things that's always bugged me. It's like, if you are the the chief of security for the Enterprise. You have a staff below you, right? You are. If you're the chief of security, you are not going to some petty dispute between the transporter chief and some other person. You are not going to Spock's quarters to tell him there was a noise complaint. You have a staff for that, right? If you're Dr. Crusher, and you're the chief medical officer aboard the Starship Enterprise with a thousand people. And Chief O'Brien comes in there and says, I dislocated my shoulder. You're not handling, you're not helping him with that. Like, that's why you have a staff. <laughs> it's just, it's small, but this thing has kind of always bugged me. Mm. You lead by example. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. We need more uh, Nurse Ogawa's of the world, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> anyway, yes, we so, so anyway, we're we're doing our we're doing our bit, and um, uh, as we as we continue going, we find um, Laan, you know, in a corridor, and um, she looks one way, and there's a random dude who's sitting on a on the floor, kind of bleeding out, got some kind of he's been shot. I don't know. And uh, hands her a trinket and says, get to the bridge. Are you telling me you didn't want to talk about the sparring session? Mm. <laughs> Benga has moves, man. So in real life, Babs is apparently a black belt in, I think, jujitsu. So that's a thing. So I think they're trying, I think they are trying to give him more physicality, as we saw in his... Um, his go juice in episode one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Nope. Nope. No. It just seems like we got into this very fast, right? The setup yeah. 
is like quick. Bam. <laughs> well, they kind of like jammed everything into this episode, didn't they? Into the, I mean, but we're like, we're like the teaser and we're like into it. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's in this, I would actually consider it the teaser, not like act one. Cause oh. it's only like four or five minutes. Right. Right. Gets to the bridge after like a brief little, like little bloop bloop kind of thing happened. And, thinking that we're gonna you know see our people on the bridge and mostly everyone's there except for pike again our boy pike is not there again up until uh, a later point in this episode so have no fear pike is there yeah, what, what, what was it? I mean, it was like Anson Mount just like, uh, oh, uh, you know, early part of the season, man, I got another project to do. Like, I can't yeah. be here full time <laughs> he or was, something. I know, like, or... two of the three episodes, we basically sidelined him. I Like, in this, I was like, that's very strange. He was, um... We need, we, we need, I know, I like, I like that we're exploring our other characters and we're not overloading our captain here. Yeah, like but, I tried to like, say about Discovery, like do okay. a standalone character episode. Like I get that, but I feel like this is too little ca- of our captain. Yeah. <laughs> so Anson Mount in real life, as I understand it, was on uh, family leave. He was um, like, it was like a paternal leave, like after the birth of his child. So that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So he stepped back. That's why we get minimal amounts of Pike in these first few episodes. I don't know how long that's going to continue, but that's the behind the scenes reason, as I understand it. Look, I feel are like you telling episode... me that men are taking paternity leave now? Yes. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if the shooting order is the same as like the, as like the airing order, but I feel like story wise, we got to get a Pike episode like next week. <laughs> I feel like we need it from a story perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, we get to the bridge, not Pike. It's Kirk, Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk, um, in the center seat, and uh, yeah, things get kind of weird. Did you notice how thick his com badge was? Oh, yes, crazy big. It was about, <laughs> dude. It's about as thick as like David's guitar behind him right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, good grief. <laughs> That's not a com badge. That's a paperweight, homie. <laughs> Dad gum. Woo. And anyway, we find he's not Starfleet Captain Kirk. He's United Earthfleet Kirk. Mm-hmm. Which Starfleet I have questions. Doesn't exist. I have questions about this. Like, how did that happen? Like, is I mean, that, is that even something worth exploring? But like, yeah, how did that happen? Like without the Vulcans and stuff. Yeah, they didn't really explain that. I mean, obviously, you know, they know who the Vulcans are, but uh, no, no actual Federation. Seemingly no exploration. But I mean, I, I just I have to assume that the events we're going to explore so catastrophically changed Earth's trajectory, but. Even with that, it makes it interesting that, like, you're showing up with the same Enterprise. Not even, like, a, a change. Like, uh, when, what was the episode in uh, Next Gen 
where we where we uh, the guy in an episode where everything yesterday's enterprise yesterday's, yesterday's enterprise. Yeah. And so, you know, the Enterprise completely changed because they were more warlike, you know, mm. basically. And then here, it's, for me, I would have expected the ship to be, like, just more run down or something like that. Or, or, or just not as fancy or not as big, maybe. Bro, you know, that thought crossed my mind, but not about the ship. You know what it was about? The uniforms. Mm. Yeah, like, same it was uniform. Same uniform, different paperweight maybe they didn't have enough money for another costume yeah because all the budget was used in disco for those uniforms shots fired shots fired hey right now 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 that you've said that it it seems like they should have had a change in uniform Uh yeah they had a change in uniform in yesterday's enterprise they had a change of uniform they were more militaristic definitely and in picard episode uh two and three Oh yeah, of season in, two. In season two. Yep. 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 There should have been a change of uniform, even if it was just like put a sash on it, right? Like not just the paperweight on the chest. Like give them a sash, right? You know, give us some mood lighting, like in yesterday's Enterprise, and we'll we'll call it good. Some goatees. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. not evil. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like one of the problems. This is. I'm going to be, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I might need to go to like my safe space at some point in this episode talking about it, but I'll be okay. Um, this, this episode reminded me too much of Picard season two. and I didn't like it. I'm just going, I'm going to say that right now. Um, so we're, um, we're on the bridge. We're doing the thing. Um, and like, I need, you know, Lon's like, Hey, need to talk to you in private, please. That's cool. Go to the ready room, have the talk. Giant paperweight on the chest is sticking out. So you're asking me to trust you, even though I don't know you. You kind of are just on my ship. Who's to say that your future is better than mine? Which is which is good, I guess. Um, and then after kind of arguing over like this TV remote button thing, next thing we know, we're in 21st century Canada. No. Hello. Oh, this this is obviously 21st century New York. What are you talking about? This is clearly Toronto. It says Toronto right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like on the door. Right there. Toronto. Oh, it's like, is... have you never been to Earth? No, I was born on the USS Iowa in space. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently in this new timeline, the Earth is... Like a wasteland, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I still want to understand. Like when we get to like the the changing event at the end, I want to understand how how th- that change would lead to the Earth becoming a wasteland when we hey. get there. Hey man, well, all it he, takes he, is he a men- butterfly flapping its wings. Well, he mentioned something about war, but was it internal war or was it, it for me, and it was just a feeling because I don't think I really got a great answer, but it almost seemed like it was more war with another species. Sort well, of. they were they are at war with the Romulans. They are. Yeah, but I mean, was that the thing that caused it? I mean, we were ho- a bit hostile to, or at least unhelpful, to, to the, the Vulcans, Vulcans that showed yeah. up. 
So maybe, maybe instead of you know Zephram Cochran blasting away uh, the Vulcan with a shotgun, uh, you know they blasted us with shotguns. I don't know space shotguns. I don't know. Is this a third timeline? Is this what we're dealing with? Who the hell knows? I don't know. Anyway, it's freezing. We gotta get out of our uniforms. So we gotta go find some clothes. James Kirk can't work a revolving door, even it though it was demonstrated right in front of him. Look, th- this is where th- this is where I start to get just completely out of it a bit. Okay, revolving door. I guess, but the learning curve throughout this episode just leaves me so like, are you kidding me? Right, right. Well, I mean, in Star Trek, the one with the whales, they had a learning curve when they got back because they didn't know how to use money. And remember, they tried to get on the bus and they got kicked off the bus. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fair in a way, but they didn't just automatically learn how to defensively drive. Yeah. They got driven around. They found a chauffeur. <laughs> anyway, they both pick up. We get, they get some clothes, and they both have the same, same outfit thing. on. God, okay, what was the point? Okay, like, I know the, the answer cute. was... I, I know cute. the point was, like, eye candy, but, like, guys, he took a black sweatshirt off. He's, like, just bare-skinned, bare right? Like, with his chest. That's it. But then, like, he steps out, and he's got the black sweatshirt back on with a brown jacket. What was the point? Why not just, like, take the jacket off, put a different jacket on? So dumb. So yeah. dumb. And and what I thought was dumb, I know it's fashion, but, like, if we're on a mission and we might be walking around, I don't think big, chunky, heeled boots are, is, like, the, the correct footwear. Well, th- this this it's is like the... it's like in cop shows, female detectives wearing heels. Like, yeah. wear flats. Just th- wear flats. This feels to me more like the Tom Cruise effect when you want to make somebody appear taller. Because oh. even when she was fighting with Mbanga, I noticed a, a shot of her shoes, and they were her tennis shoes. Oh, is were is elegant. our actress is our actress like short? I don't know how I don't know exactly in that, but I, th- I think we're just trying to give her more height, maybe. Okay. So I think I think it's just more of like the Tom Cruise illusion because Tom Cruise is like five four or something like that, but he's always on par with everybody. Christina Chong is five four. Five four, yeah. Tom Cruise I'm effect, like that, I'm, literally. I'm looking that up myself. <laughs> yep. How tall is she? <laughs> there we go. How tall is Paul Wesley though? So, so uh, Wesley yeah. is five eleven. Okay, so there's a seven inch height difference. And we all know five eleven. We all we we just call that six foot, right, guys? <laughs> We're all about six foot here. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. since we can't pay for it, <laughs> let's you, throw let's throw run? a wallet in someone else's. Bag. No, but first it's like, can you run? How's your running? <laughs> I would have liked to have seen him run out of that store, honestly. I'm not going to lie. Look over that. there. <laughs> 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 How no store associate, like, notice? Hey, they were just trying on clothes, and now they're 
wearing them clothes out without paying for it. How how is no one watching them? Yeah, most like dressing rooms I feel like have an attendant. Yeah. And something as bougie as that? I mean, it is Canada, I guess. I don't know. But like, yeah, they're all nice up there. They don't expect people to steal. What are you talking about, eh? We're, we're all friendly here, eh? By the way, we did not get a joke from anybody about their uniforms. Like, seeing them in their uniforms. We always this, get a joke about that. Okay. I feel I have like a, they, there were some people that were looking at them when they walked into the square. Yeah, but, but nobody said, said anything. Something. I have what, are you going issue. to a convention? You in your pajamas or something? <laughs> so they throw a wallet in someone's bag. The person walks out. They're stopped by security. And then they just casually walk out. And they throw their uniforms in the trash can. Guys, guys, I have an issue with this. This is like... Like, they're comm badges. Like, not their comm badges, but they're like they're Starfleet insignia stuff. Like, that is there. That is problematic. Like, it's obviously it's not going to be like the same as a communicator from like the next gen era, or whatever. But still, there's like some kind of technology. There's some kind of something embedded in those badges that is now in 21st century Earth, and I have a problem with that. Well, they're they're also supposed to be made of gold too. There you go. So, yeah. Well, but conveniently, they don't have any tricorders, phasers, or communi- hand communicators, right? So we got rid of that potential problem. Convenient. Yeah, and, oh, we need money. And- Let's go hustle some <laughs> chess players. I mean, just like, was he hustles some games of chess. To make- and, and I gotta say, like, they end up, oh, it's freezing. We gotta find some place to stay for the night. Like, that hotel they are in looks nice as heck. Like, you look at, the, it's got big windows with huge, like, city view. And it's like, it's only got one bed, but it's like, it's like got the bedroom and then a separate living area. That is a nice looking hotel. They should have been at, like, the Motel 6 or something. Exactly. The amount yeah. of money, like, we get one, one queen size rundown Motel 6, <laughs> like, for, like, you can't. You can't think they you paid for that hotel room of just winning no, a game of chess. And how could you stay in a nice hotel like that without a credit card? Like, they're not going to take cash. I mean, yeah, because they, because, yeah, and no ID either. Right. Yeah, th- this episode just, it's a, it's supposed to be a suspension of disbelief. Not today. Not today. But, you know, we had our hot dog, right? Two I'm gonna go dogs. get another. I'm gonna go get another one. <laughs> so we uh, we we find a place to stay, and you know we're refreshed. We're ready to rock and roll. We start walking around, and like things start to pick up. Thankfully, um, you know we're standing we're standing in our our room, um, chit chatting about you know this nice little mini bar here, and then boom! No, e- even before that, like oh, like. Man. Like, La'an is like, we got to try to figure out what's wrong. Like, what's the change? Like, what happened? And Kirk's like, I don't really think I even want to help you here. Because by helping you, like, you're erasing my reality. And, like, I don't want my my reality, my crew, and all the friends and the family I know to be erased. So, like, I think I'm just going to hang out here. 
And, like, I understand exactly what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, well, I come from a utopia. He's like, what are you, from a utopia? She's like, well, yeah, Yeah. actually, actually I am. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, as they're talking about all this, this bridge, which we later find out is supposed to represent, like, human progress... Uh, basically around the globe, essentially, goes boom. And La'an has, like, that phrase coming back to her, get to the bridge. Hey, maybe it wasn't, like, the bridge on the Enterprise. Maybe it's the bridge, as in the one that just went boom, that we should go to. So they go, they check it out. They're seeing stuff. Things, Some things look shinier than others. And we ask this random photographer, hey, can I look at your pictures? And it looks a certain way, and they walk away, and they're like, huh, that's kind of photonic. Photonic stuff isn't supposed to be around for another century. Interesting. Very, very interesting. We should figure things out. Let's let's go on a little little, little hunt. Track yeah, that, but we also that learned that this, this bridge explosion happened, is supposed to, ha- like, supposed to happen. It happened in both of their timelines. So this is not... The incident. It's not the thing, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we say thank you to the photographer. We will most definitely not see that photographer again in this episode at all, whatsoever. Um, so we, we're like, we gotta, we gotta figure out a way to get around. So um, let's hijack a red sports car. Let's uh, <laughs> let's do a Vulcan. Um, you know, neck pinch on someone. No big deal. I thought only Vulcans could do that, by the way. Um, no, it's okay. I spent six months in a, in a prison with a Vulcan cellmate. So he taught me how to do that. He should have done a judo chop. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or the double one on both sides. <laughs> or a drop kick. I don't care. <laughs> Either of heel. the three. Palm heel. Or, or the overhand axe handle smash. Yeah. 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 So we, uh, we were trying to figure out what's going on, how to drive this thing. And we just finally figured it out, and we're doing great driving in Which, snow. Look, look, you, you, you don't just drive a car, okay? You, you, you just don't. Like, again, like we, we've suspended disbelief for a while, and we got this little stutter start thing here. But all of a sudden, you're now, and I saw it too, in snow, you're, you're you know, pulling you know handbrake uh spin outs and stuff you know doing some tokyo drift over here it, it's it's like it's a bit much all of us there. all three of us learn to drive in snow yeah it's not just something that you just do for the first time like you have to practice driving in snow So let's follow yeah, it's the- like, do you remember, did anybody see that movie Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal? Where he's, no. he like, he, he basically, he's like one of those people that goes out and films like, like crimes and incidences and like sells it to the news. But like he's dry, he drives around in like a really nice, like red sports car at night. <laughs> and sometimes he's like following people and it's like. Get the most obvious car, why don't you? Yeah. Yeah. But it looks yeah. cool. Yeah. 
And it so, gives us enough time to banter about middle names and stuff. Oh, gosh. And last names. That's right. What's in a name? Right, Eric? Yep. <laughs> All right. I know so that line. We, we, we follow this thing around. There's traffic. Uh, the black van peels out. We do the we thing. Get made. We get made. We get made, and we just start driving around, cutting through things. And uh, we get, you know, cornered by three cop cars, and no big deal. You remember that photographer that we said we were never going to hear from, see, or talk about ever again? Apparently, she shows up and um, calls um, Kirk, you know, this, you know, esteemed civil rights lawyer from America, and you know, whatnot, and you know, invokes a bunch, just invokes stuff. This was the dumbest thing in the world. First of all, Canadians are not very nice to foreigners that break their laws, okay? No offense to any Canadians out there, but, like, the laws are strict about a lot of things, especially when you're not from that country. And if you are in any way irregular, like, Kirk doesn't have a driver's license, I don't have any ID. Yeah, (laughs) I don't care if a million people show up there with cameras and are, like, I'm going to put this on my Instagram page. They are going to haul you away. It's, 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 it's like the height of cringe trying to put in some, um, modern YouTube audit police officer thing. And it's, it's, it's not good. Mm -hmm. Like that was to me, that was not good. No. So we some we we get out of it due to uh, some banter, some heckling, whatever, by this you know photographer that we said we were never going to talk about, see or hear from ever again, and uh, we decide, hey, you know what? This is my wife, and you know what? She was abducted by aliens because you have interest in like aliens and conspiracy stuff. So, <laughs> it sounds like yeah, you know global global problems but it's not people on this planet it's you know it's them (laughs) yeah so let's go to a coffee shop and talk about this weird stuff in public no big deal poutine with poutine yeah (sighs) no there's an international cabal of like people that are running the planet and like hindering our progress yes and (laughs) <laughs> and, of course, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, so we go, we part, we we part ways, and we're we we kind of like talk about this like cold fusion reactor thing, but we have no tools to be able to trace it to Ex- track it down. Except, except, um, like she shows them some pictures, and one of them is like of a Romulan warbird. Yeah, in in the atmosphere, and another is of some guy standing there watching the bridge, like like he knew it was gonna explode. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the people that made off with the piece of wreckage that they were following in the van. Yep. And they asked zero questions. Who watches the watcher? That's a great question, David. Great observation. <clears throat> so again, you know, we we determined there's like this cold fusion reactor thing. 
that is present. But again, we don't have any tools, conveniently, to track it down. But, by the way, we may know someone who knows how to kind of MacGyver something together um, because they not only do they peddle, you know, ancient earth like paintings and trinkets and stuff, but they used to have a bunker in Vermont. Hey, David, do you know how far it is from Toronto to Vermont? Yeah, David, do you know? Yes, it is approximately seven hours and 45 minutes. Wow. That's if you're driving. That's just if you're driving. That's not if you're taking, like, public transportation and you got to, like, change buses or get a cab or change cabs. Guys, you can't just go from Toronto to Vermont like that. They had a car. No, they they were in a ca- they got dropped off in a cab. No, but, but they had they, a car. They had a car. They had the car. Oh, they had right. they had a car that they just left spun out in the middle of the street apparently to go to the you coffee shop to then go and take multiple taxis and buses across country, and somehow like we're we're again suspend time's disbelief about a show about going back in time. There's no time. We don't Let's have talk the about time. Time. Anyway, who did we go to see in Vermont? That one blonde lady that claims to be an engineer. Pelia. Yeah. Well, if you need an engineer, what'd you come to me for? <laughs> I haven't taken a math class since Pythagoras invented it. <laughs> did you like that, Eric? <laughs> that was, was funny, funny, yeah. When did Pythagoras invent it? Uh, seven thousands of years bc so how did she get on earth there has to be like she's foreign to earth correct yeah yeah so she would have to understand something of advanced technology right because how would they get there well she could be a traveler like how much how much did guinan know about technology right well, I didn't yeah, mean it's like a traveler of no, space no, and time. Yeah. That's I, not I, what yeah, I meant. No, 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 I get you. I get you. No, <laughs> I mean, except, but I like some. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Unless they have like this thing where, you know, like they're like the Lanthanites have like these ships and they like beam them down. But like part of the beaming down process gives you like partial amnesia where you only remember that you're Lanthanite, but you forget all the cool stuff about being a Lanthanite. You know what I'm saying, man? Wow. Yeah, man. Well, some poutine now. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we're we're having some really foamy beer while we talk about this, and um, yeah, there's no engineering stuff. But like, if we needed to, you know, like try and find traces of certain radiation and stuff, um, we would need a tricorder. But hey, like these would be like some of the things we need to detect oh I got like this trinket from the 1980s let's take a look at it and it's a diver's watch right is that, that what it was a diver's watch from the 80s yeah it's, I mean the, di- a few watches but mainly dive watches did use tritium as a marker because it, it will glow for a finite amount of time it doesn't last as long as modern stuff does you get a lot of 
lot of stuff that emits a better glow. But like, I, I, I think, I think again, I think you're really, really stretching this quite a lot, quite well, a lot by, our by using for, this as your method. Like now we get back to Toronto, just we're magically back in Toronto, right? And our plan is to wander the streets. Mm. Yep. Hoping to get close enough to this yep. cold fusion reactor yep. so our watch glows. Yep. Do you have any idea how big Toronto is? There's two the and a half million people that live in Toronto. It is a gigantic megatropolis, right? Like I, I think, this is like the dumbest plan ever. It's not only the dumbest plan, I think it's 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 really not feasible either. Because in order to, to even I don't know enough about tritium and if it actually glows in the, you know, near byproducts of itself, I would have to consider that maybe not a hundred percent true, but in order for that to be concentrated enough to even do that, I think that there would be a problem. Like it would be like a government, like saying, Hey, did you happen to know that there's quite a bit of radiation coming off of this specific building? And maybe we should like check that out. Like the, the the method of science here seems a little hokey to me, and and I, I I maybe somebody can prove me wrong who understands small bits of radioactive material, somewhat radioactive material, because tritium doesn't it, it emits some radiation but not much. But like that to me, that whole explanation to me just seemed like paper thin logic. Hmm. Yeah, like how it, it, it like the 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 hands on the watch are just glowing. It's not like it's being like a compass where it's pointing like where there's radiation over there, you should go that way. Like we get we just have a glow. Okay, like how concentrated does this stuff have to be in terms of like how much it diffuses for it to impact said watch? I mean, like, if we're talking, like, let's just create, like, some arbitrary number, okay? Like, let's just say, like, it diffuses, like, the diffusion of, like, tritium and any other radiation-type stuff that's affecting the watch, right? Like, let's just say it has, like, a one-mile radius. Holy crap, that's a lot to cover. Like, that's, you're door-knocking, right, on every dang building. Hey, are you, are you feeling, well, there might be some radiation. Can I just come in and check it out for a second? I don't know. I'm being ridiculous, but you get the point. Well, I'm going to leave it. <clears throat> I'm going to leave it because I, I, I think once tritium's done, it's done. Like, I don't think you you can't just like recharge tritium. And there's a reason why they went away from it. Also, because it's somewhat radioactive, but still. Yeah. It's it's not it's not a good idea. It's really it's really dumb. But like the thing that happens next, I hate maybe even more than like the 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 stretching dumb science. Like, okay, so we're how long we've we been together? Like a day, right? Mm. Two maybe days more. At this point. Two days, maybe more because we had to yeah. travel, right? But like, why does every writer? feel like we have to go down the romance like angle like you get two people together in a situation and there has to be some kind of romance it's lazy and i hate it right like i remember like back in 
in Prodigy, I was like, can't can't like Dal and Gwyn just be friends, right? Why do they have to like build a romance angle into there? This romance angle here, I hate it. I really hate it. It's lazy writing, and I, I'm sorry. I know that I know what I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to build us up to this dramatic moment and make it emotional and make us connect more. But like, I don't like it at all. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's 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 incredibly incredibly fast. Like. You know, in a way, if, if they would have been, say, around each other for a long period of time, like, I think this banter between the two actors, I think legitimately would seem, like, cute in a way. And, and I think, like, they did as much as they humanly could with, again, a plot of convenience, more so than actually building up, like, an actual romance and so forth. Or you could just chalk it up to, you know, Kirk's just animal magnetism, man. I mean, he just, he's just like, he's on it, man. Mm. Anybody and ever, you can't escape He's irresistible. Kirk. He's got these pheromones that are just irresistible <laughs> to women of any species. My yeah. goodness. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, after a little, little smoochy kiss, um, we go find this nice building we 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 follow the the men in black to this biometrically protected door which we get into at night yeah is there no building security yeah we're we're, walk through like metal detectors or at least turnstiles like a revolving door yeah (laughs) where's hank the loyal security guard man we need hank Come on, where, Hank. Yeah, where is night security? Like, I'm assuming this building is not open to the public at night. Mm-hmm. And so we have this brilliant idea that because the men in black did their hand thingy and were able to get through the door, I'm going to do my hand thingy and see if I can get through the door. You know, I mean, to heck if I set off all the alarms and every one of their grandmother comes after us, it's fine. It's a fingerprint scanner. It's not a DNA scanner. <laughs> Your fingerprints <sighs> must be a genetic marker in my DNA and that allows so, me to open this. So, here, so here's the thing, guys. Like, you know, I've, I'm sure like y'all too, like I've typed in passwords right to log into stuff you know i've done you know the biometric thing like the thumbprint or whatever you know on my on my phone like most smartphones are these days that offer it after a period of time it times out and it goes back to the lock screen y'all she did this thing holy shnikes like how did that not go from green to red like that it was like on green for what i believe in show had to have been like five minutes there ain't no way it would have stayed green would have stayed unlocked that long are you kidding me convenience man and well, then just hey, like this also being the noonian singh center institute, for human Inva- institute for yeah, human advancement and or, cool and other th- smart things to place yeah yeah Oh, God. I thought, didn't it say, like, Outreach Center? Isn't that what it said? I, I don't know. But, guys, you remember that lady that we said we were never going to talk about, see from, or hear again, but then we did, and we had coffee with her and talked about this cabal 
that's in charge of all the things and there's aliens that abduct people. Remember her? Well, it turns out she shows up again. And you know what? She's an alien. She's a Romulan. In what? Of course. I mean, that wasn't a surprise to anyone, was it? No, but then anyway, she pulls a gun on Kirk. Hey, we're going to go in there. Kirk's, Kirk does his bluff bravado. It's like, you're not going to shoot me. Like, this has got alarms that are going to go off, and security's going to rush us. And I'm Kirk. I got main character syndrome. I can't. Not in I this can't. show you do. <laughs> not in, yeah, not in this show. Not in this timeline. It's never supposed to happen. <laughs> so you're bluffing. Try me. And she shoots him. Like... Okay. Like, see, this is where I get we're setting up this emotional moment of Kirk being shot and killed, right? It's supposed to be heavier and more weighty and more emotional when there's, like, that romantic bond between our two characters. But I don't know. I just feel that's lazy. I don't like it. Well, even her reaction to him dying wasn't quite, like, (laughs) as emotional. No. Like, I'm not saying it was bad. It just wasn't, like, it was just something. Can I ask you guys a question? So uh, maybe a little bit of um, levity for a second. Who did it better? I just want to know. Who did it better? Was it Paul Wesley or Jim Carrey as Captain Kirk? Because honestly, like, ever some ever since someone pointed this out to me, I cannot not see Jim Carrey whenever I look at Paul Wesley as Captain like, Kirk. Yeah, I'm not. I'm still not sold on Paul Wesley as Captain Kirk. No, here, right. No. I'm. I'm not sold on it yet. I'm just ready for him to say, "All righty then." <laughs> at some point in this show. Anyway. Oh man. Oh, man. <laughs> You're welcome for that. But yeah, like she was like, uh, maybe it was like in character. I don't know, but it was just so wooden. Like, okay, I get it. You got a crush on the dude, but like, really? Okay, well, the door's still green, so let's go through it and see what happens. And we follow some corridors. We're looking for the reactor. We're looking for stuff, and we don't find it. Real but, quick, yeah. are Romulans that much stronger than humans? I mean, Vulcans like, are. Vulcans I mean, she literally, are. like, darn near lift choke lay on here. I don't know, I mean, but... I Vul- Vulcans, but I mean, yeah, it depends on where you're watching, how much that's scaled, but or yeah. the look of the scaling. Yeah. Anyway, continue. I don't know. But, like, we go, we find it, and then we end up at this door. And it's got this, like, chicken scratch writing of Khan on it. You're welcome for that, by the way. Um, And our lady that we never thought we would see again shows up, and they decide to have it out. Oh, by the way, she is like Keanu Reeves' John Wick-level shooter person can kill everyone with one shot from long distance. Look. Without even aiming, yeah. 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 How much, I, like, I can only take so much BS, man. 
Like, I can only like, take so much space BS, okay? Especially because, like, a human gun is probably not something she's used to using, right? Right. If it's she had recoil, a Romulan man. disruptor, I might buy it, right? With all that recoil on that handgun, are you kidding me? Well, and then there's only, like, what, two or three security guards with the alarms going off? Yeah, why isn't the whole place flooded? time in an institute yeah. where we know there's genetic testing going on like i'm sorry but like they would have they would have to have had like a, sec a serious security force yeah and if we're being anywhere close to realistic mm -hmm. like there's so much time for exposition dump here yeah and and we, we get to it right here here's the plan like her original plan was blow up the reactor to kill everyone in the building, but mm -hmm. why use a bomb when you can use a scalpel, right? Right. So we're gonna go kill Khan, so the so the eugenics wars never happens, changes the future, and the Federation's never formed. The Romulans lose their biggest adversary. Okay. All right. I said I wanted to talk about this earlier. I got, I got lots lots of things that I want to uh -huh. like okay so first of all like stopping the I, I get that the idea in Star Trek is you know we go through the eugenics wars we go through World War 3 right we have to go through this really dark period that um, eventually leads us to this brighter place but right. like I don't necessarily see how how this stops the Federation from being formed, right? Does Zephram Cochran still build the Phoenix in the same time? Are the Vulcans still passing by at the same time? I would think yes, right? Like maybe we're not in this utopia starting to build this this better world yet if we haven't struggled. But I'm still struggling. I am still struggling to understand how this stops first contact and the Federation potentially being formed. It, it, it kind it kind of like it kind of takes away the the human spirit that we've built up over all of these shows and so forth. Where you know, despite terrible hardship, humans find a way. You know, Life, to make uh, it work. Finds a way. Yeah. And, and and there's still an inherent, like, goodness in, in, in it, despite everything. So we're saying that this incident, not having the eugenics wars, what, it doesn't, we don't also have World War Three. Come on. We definitely do. So that makes us effectively xenophobic when we get out into space. That's that's what I was taken from this episode. You know, like when we're back on the Enterprise, uh, like when Kirk is in command with his paperweight of a combat thing, Delta thing. Um, like they're talking about like the wars and like no sunsets and all this other stuff. Y'all, this felt like Picard season two, part two to me because of like we we were dealing with like what was it uh 2024 was that the year inside the show i think yes, yes. so like we're in 2024 <clears throat> and we're at this fork in the road 
right? Like we do this thing, like the Europa mission happens with Renee and yay, we, we heal the sky and things, you know, go on their merry way. If they don't, then we go into this like totalitarian, like xenophobic land where we picked up, you know, uh, Renee Borg, right? Where we picked up the Annie Wershing Borg type of thing. And I feel like that's right where we're at again. Like we're just dealing with, with, I mean, I get the point, like, yes, there are forks in the road in life. I get that. But like, I feel like we're overdoing it to death. And like, we're at that same fork in the road of like, if we do this, we're going to go towards utopia. If we don't do this, we're going to go towards totalitarian warmongering xenophobia nonsense. And we're going to be isolationists with, you know, the United Earth fleet compared to, you know, a Starfleet in the Federation. And I'm, I'm over it. Season two of Picard sucked. We've talked about that. And this just feels like we're, you know, copying the notes from like the storyboards from season two of Picard. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. The other thing I don't really like is I know we always make this joke. This is no time to talk about timelines. We don't have the time. Oh, we but we need to make some time to talk about the timelines here. Because it is, I, I know, like, Star Trek, we talk about Star Trek canon. And, like, maybe there is no such thing as Star Trek canon because, like, it is whatever the writers need it to be at the time to make the story work, right? But it is pretty well established, right, that the eugenics wars happened in the mid-1990s. That's right. That's, That's right. well established. Um and then the, our, our Romulan agent here, the photographer, she makes this like, you know, you mess with time, you fight this temporal war. It's almost like time has a mind of its own and, and it pushes back on you and and things that are supposed to happen, like have like a will almost. Time has a will to like make those things happen. And she's like, all this was supposed to happen in 1992, but I've been stuck here for 30 years. But if you were here for 30 years, you only look like you're about 30 years old. I know she's a Romulan, so she might not age the same, but that's beside the point. Like, even if that were true, and this was supposed to happen in 1992, and we're thinking, when we see Khan here, he looks like he's, what, 10? Right. Right? This Khan would have been 10 in 1992? Well, that doesn't track, right? And I think this is supposed to be, like, present day in, like, our real world present day like so like there's some timeline consistency continuity issues happening here and i feel like the writers think they explained it by like all this was supposed to happen in 1992 but they didn't do do you know why i hate the butterfly effect type of storylines it's the hitler paradox Everybody says that if you could go back in time and kill a baby Hitler, would you do it to stop all this stuff? And a lot of people might say yes to that. I mean, you're talking about ultimate evil incarnate hopped up on meth, literally. But why did Germany really start World War II? Was it fervor or was it because they were so depressed after World War I? So then you start to say, well, then how about we stop Archduke Franz Ferdinand from being assassinated? Because that's the, the universal, that's the point where World War I started. Think about the time at which World War I actually happened. 
and think about the times before that and how much general war was going on all around the world because we were still very much in that conquering mentality. Like you can, you can paint history however you want, but history, at least our history is one of conquest. I mean, no offense to any of our British folks out there. Cause you know, it's just not meant as an offense, but like, think about how much colonization happened in their height of power. They didn't stop. They lost steam because they were a small island and they didn't have resources and people started to push back. This is our history. So if you mess with one focal point, that doesn't mean that history doesn't repeat. We're violent people inherently fight or flight. There are people that fight and there are people that run and the people that fight take over the people that run. So if you're telling me that assassinating Khan in this instance, somehow completely and irrevocably erases the entire idea of human spirit and the will to overcome or even the fact that we won't put ourselves in a worse situation, i.e. another world war, you're full of crap. It's absolutely unbelievable to me. And to Eric's point, stop screwing with established date and time. Right. You are not making sense out of it. You're just making people who have watched this stuff forever just a little bit angrier. Because it's unnecessary. Can I, um, I know I, I was blasting Picard season two a, a moment ago, a legitimate question. When we got to the end with the, the Soong character and, and, you know, he pulls out the file folder, mm-hmm. what was your take on that? Was that like your take, like, Hey, I'm about to start something or Hey, I'm about to review notes of something that happened. Well, if you look, if you look on that folder that that Brent Spiner's character pulls out, it sa- it has a date and it says 1996 on it, like Project Con, and then 19. 19- so I'm assuming he's looking at notes. Yeah. Just because of that date. Okay. Yeah, you know, I f- I feel like I I feel like this episode. Um, it's like they're trying to present they're they're trying to make this our city on the edge of forever moment, right? I think they they thought of hey, remember that best episode from the original series where there was an ethical dilemma? We had to let this really nice person die, right, in order to protect the in order to let war happen, and then that protected our timeline. And they're like. Wouldn't it be a cool idea if we tried to do re, remake that, right? Like, in, but instead of letting someone die, we have to protect a mass murderer and let a mass murderer live in order to protect the Federation. Right? I just, it's like they built this episode. They had an idea, but they didn't like build enough, or build up a, Appar- a, a good enough episode around this yeah. kernel of an idea. Apparently, there was a nod to. Um... Edith um, at the top of the episode like when they get to Toronto um, and apparently uh, it's not the same one but it was like the same kind of I think color and make or whatever of the um, t- 
toboggan, the hat, you know, that um, um, our photojournalist is wearing, our Romulan is wearing. Um, the same one that Spock wore to cover his ears is basically the same thing that she's wearing to cover her ears. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I should give this episode a nine just because of that. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, just kind of fast forward and get through this. So, La'an um, defends herself. Um, our Romulan takes a little suicide pill, disappeary thing, and dies, evaporates, whatever. La'an, you know, greets and comforts her great 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 grandpa, wipes his tears away, realizes there's more more of them uh we we lads and lasses in a in a picture on the nightstand and uh, we end up back aboard the enterprise we're not sure if it's like the same alternate question mark timeline or if it's our timeline um so we go check the bridge and pike's there in the center seat talking to una cool things are great but she's not in her uniform so it seems kind of suspect but we go back to her room go back to her quarters and uh, we see someone um, in like a little bit of a like a, a jacket and skirt from the Department of, uh, of Temporal uh, Investigations I believe is what it was called and this I don't know why it bugged me as much as it did I'm like, but when she's like you can't talk to anyone about this you have to keep this strictly uh, secret and blah 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 I'm like why don't do the Archer thing with La'an please don't turn La'an into Archer please 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 I don't need this again I've already done the the Daniels and Archer thing we don't need to do this over again well the engineer should remember her right yes she should we'll see again things are wibbly wobbly timey wimey when it comes to this kind of thing so um, she has a good cry uh, after she takes the watch off and then we get this slow kind of um, uh, zoom hey you out. hold on a minute you yeah. hold on one darn minute because we get a space phone call okay you are not gonna bulldoze over this brilliant space phone call to lieutenant kirk What's wrong with Sam? It's like, oh no, no. What's no, he done I, now? <laughs> I, just, just you know, where where was he born? You know, Iowa on Earth. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's cool. We'll get drinks. You know, uh, next time, uh, you know, I see you when I see you. And they're they're clearly laying the foundations for uh, more romance between these two characters, which is hilarious to think about because we get Kirk's encounter with Khan, and it's like, <laughs> I kiss your uh, great 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 granddaughter, man. <laughs> and then Khan's just out there yelling, Kirk! <laughs> Admiral. Admiral. Okay. Yeah, so there's something kind of ominous, slightly sketchy about the watch. You know, it's slightly radioactive. It's fine. That's The watch is probably not going to have any meaning in a future episode at all. So why'd they... F- pull out and highlight on it at the end. I'm being sarcastic. I'm being facetious for the sake of being facetious. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Nope. Cool. Um, oh, we got a lot more.
crap to talk about, don't we? Okay, so, um, Delta? Is there Delta stuff to talk about? Different divisions and if they represented? I mean, they had a plan, right? The worst plan ever. It involves science, but there's no Deltas for this. This is fast and loose with everything, man. Yeah, I, I mean... The closest thing would probably be the watch. That's what I was like, saying. Yeah, it's like the, like the science Can't give it engineering to it. thing. I don't, though, th- I don't think that that's scientifically feasible. I mean, honestly, I could be wrong there, but knowing the little bit that I know, I don't think that that's feasible. I think the only thing that maybe I could potentially highlight is, you know, Kirk, when he's doing his bluff to the Romulan, because we, we see it all the time on the the bridge of a starship where a captain might be bluffing the enemy staring them in the face like it happened all the time with Kirk it's happened with with every captain we've we've known so like there's an element of command with Kirk where you know he is trying to like he's trying to take control of a situation that maybe is not really in his hands mm-hmm. so with that I can kind of see it. And then also, again, with Kirk, like, you are erasing yourself. You know, that's a heavy thing to think about. So, like, accepting that, I think, is a, is an element of, of, like, the personality, which makes a good commander. Because at the end of the day, you're going to make uncomfortable decisions. And this is, like, the most uncomfortable of all. I mean, granted, he knows that there is a version of him out there but it's not him. Part of me wants to think that we didn't see his body go away. Part of me thinks that like alternate Kirk that we were with all, all episode is somehow in this time period. Yeah. Let's not do that. Look, how many times did they say it in the episode? Wouldn't it be nice if you could come back with me? Wouldn't it be nice yeah. if we were That's exactly what, I, what came to my mind. Too. <laughs> no, she'll find a photo of him, like, uh, oh, Look in at this Discovery. Photograph. No, in, in Discovery with Rios, you know, where he got killed somehow in, in Chile. And it's like, oh, great. That's a great way for Rios to go. It'll be like the same stupid. He died thing. how he lived. <laughs> Thanks, Guinan. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, cool. Well, let's just move move along. Just move along. Um, let's rate this thing. Scale of 1 to 10. 1 being a dumpster fire. 10 being absolutely amazing. How do we rate this? Eric, what are you thinking, bud? <laughs> Unless you well, want me to go like, first. <laughs> no, but uh, it's like the right... Oh, we got this idea. Let's Let's make our own city on the edge of forever. Like, you know, we everyone loves that episode. It's great. Let's make our own. Let's update it for the modern times. Like, I just, I don't like updating stories. Can we try to, like, do something original and new? And and so the show's been great at doing that so far. Um, it's like they failed to build a good episode around a good idea, right? Like, I think it poses, like, an ethical dilemma, right? Do you, you know, do you let Edith Keeler die, this good person? 
to protect, you know, the future? Do you save, you know, a Khan Singh, a, you know, a mass mur- a future mass murderer in order to protect the future? It's like David said, it's, do you kill, do you go back in time and kill Hitler? Do you go back in time and kill baby Thanos, right? Like, what do you do? Um, the episode around the idea is just not good. There's so many things that, like, you have to suspend belief or you just have to play fast and loose. I don't, I don't, like, I'm, I didn't enjoy this episode. Like, I wanted to enjoy it. I didn't. Um, but I don't know. Is it terrible? Like, is it terrible? I don't know. I'm having some trouble with the rating here, with the number here. I don't want to, like, be influenced by your number, so I want to give something before other people go. Because <laughs> <laughs> you called on me first? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a seven? I don't think it's even a seven, if I'm being honest with myself. Like, I'm usually the low raider, right? Just wait. Just wait. Uh, Is it a 6.6? Sure. Let's just go with that now. And I, with the, um, the asterisk that I can change my mind at a later date. Okay. All right. I'm not going to change it today, but at a later date. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and go. Um, <clears throat> I was... I, I did not like this episode at all. Um, after I watched it, like, I was, like, you know, looking through, um, like, Twitter and, like, other, like, forums, like, to see how people were, like, receiving the episode, and generally people were, were singing its praises and like, you know that's that's great I'm glad um, there were just issues like I feel like I was being re-traumatized with like the you know land roverness of Picard season 2 um, and like the elongating you know of, of that dumb storyline with the Europa and the fork in the road um, there was nothing smart about this episode. Um, maybe the watch, maybe, but this was, this was just drivel. Um, did not like this episode. I don't plan on watching this episode again if I don't have to. Um, still not sold on Paul Wesley. That's his name, right? Paul Wesley. Um, yes. as as Kirk again he just looks too much like Jim Carrey from um, um, when he was doing his impression of Captain Kirk um, I want this to be smart man and like there's just too much like we've talked about over and over and over again there's just too much suspension of not, not suspension there's just there's just too much stuff that we're expected to to just roll with and like the the rating that I came in with I feel even more um, 
empowered to give it um, after our conversation. But, like, you know, we had, like, some really good, smart, standout episodes in our first season. We had a brilliant and lovely episode last time with, um, with episode two at Astra Paraspera. A great episode. And... There is a story in here somewhere. It just, this seems like a major rough draft. Um, almost like this is maybe like, uh, I don't even, even want to say that this is like a, a senior project in like film school or something, because that would probably be an insult to, you know, film students. Um, the acting felt wooden and insincere. Um, in this episode to me and um, this really pains me to give this episode for a Strange New Worlds episode but I'm coming in and rating this episode Eric you'd be proud 5.9 wow okay David what do you got man um so I, I kind of describe this episode is low rent TV hmm. this is um, this is something that like I, I don't think that the idea is terrible but you know as we've all talked about and like I know I, I talked about it a, a lot and then you guys have obviously started getting into this as well like where are the original ideas Where where's the driving for something new this is so many episodes before it we have to have this arbitrary time episode or in Picard season 2 just an entire season of it um, and you know it, it's it's just it's lazy it's not just lazy the idea it's lazy the execution you know you you get in a car you've never driven and then you're automatically an expert at driving a car you're in buildings that you know you're just getting around security without any sort of thought there's there's zero consequences it takes away from like the believability because you have to have some believability even if you're supposed to be suspending disbelief you know expert marksmanship zero security just it, it just it doesn't it rings really really hollow and you know I like the character of Leon. I, I, I like the character. And I, I'm not as harsh on... I literally just forgot the name of New Kirk, even though Chase just tried to reiterate that a moment oh, ago. Wesley. Yeah, that guy. Um, <laughs> I'm not as tough on him as, as maybe you guys have been. I, I don't really mind him all that much. I don't... Again, like, like you guys, I'm not sure if I'm sold on it, but it's fine. It's not a big deal. But... I don't know. There, there's too much that just pokes holes in in everything. Like, my brain went from, I'm trying to enjoy this, but I kept poking holes in everything they did, from the driving to the watch to the shooting to the, the exposition dump at random times when you should be overwhelmed by security guards. And it, it just... 
convenience. It's it's convenience, 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 and it almost made it feel like a low budget episode of this show. Like we just we're just like ah, screw it, throw something on the telly tonight. Who cares? Um, you know, and, and I do understand why there are gonna be people who really like this episode because sometimes it's easier to sit and watch something. And this was like an hour. This wasn't even like a short episode. It was like an hour long. But sometimes it's easier to watch a thing and then just be completely just out of it. You don't have to be in it that much and and think. But because we do these shows and I think about things a lot, I can't I can't give it I can't give it a high rating. It's just not worth that. Um I don't know if I want to bomb it really really hard um I'm probably gonna look at a let's let's give this one a a good old 6.2 okay okay so we have Eric with a 6.6 Dave with a 6.2 and myself with a six nine, uh, 5.9. Uh, that gives us an overall rating of a 6.2 for this episode. 6.2. Lowest we've given any episode of the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah, by far, I think. Mm-hmm. Man. This worries me, guys. Can I just say that? Like we're, I mean, we're we're flirting with disco and Picard season one and two level ratings right now. I mean, I I take this for what you will, but like I read an article where both Anson Mount and Rebecca Romaine were like, episode nine is magical. Like they were like something you'll never seen before, and it's just magical. This is it a musical episode? Because that's I've, that's the rumor I've heard. We've seen that before. It's not new. In Star Trek, we've seen a musical episode. Well, okay. I guess I should retract that. I'm talking too fast. We had a fairy tale episode, and I just sometimes equate the two. That's my bad. (laughs) (laughs) There was a... I don't know if you ever... This is... We're running long here, but if you ever watched that show, Sanctuary, the sci-fi show, it had Amanda Tapping in it, you know, Mm -hmm. Colonel Carter. Mm -hmm. Um... But anyway, they in like the fourth season they did a musical episode where all the characters something happened and when all the characters talked they sang. Right? They did that and in they, Power Rangers. They couldn't also. stop them. They couldn't stop themselves. They're like, I don't know what's happening, but they're just singing as they're talking, and it was really bad. You, you know, that actually kind of worries me though too, because if you're saying that episode nine is supposed to be this magic fest. Why wouldn't you say that no, every no, episode... No, no, it's not, it's not, like, magical, like, the Elysian Kingdom fantasy magic. No, 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 like, but, but, like, really good, you know, you, yeah. you're gonna love this, but, like, why, why would you only talk about one episode that's... You're all gonna love episode nine. Well, what about episode four, five, six, seven, and eight, and ten? You know, or, like, only nine? Yeah. <laughs> I love this cast, though. I do love the I cast. Do. Like, I love what. Well, it, last week we gave uh, me and Eric nine point twos and a nine point three from from Chase. Like, we we came off of like a really good episode. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. And here we are. <laughs> There's the ability to be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I did pull up um, IMDb, so I don't have to ask y'all. But apparently, you know, at the time of recording, this um, this episode is at an 8.3 with uh, 457 ratings. And honestly, that doesn't surprise me, no. like, at all. No. Why do you guys think, like, shows like NCIS and CSI and all this stuff can run forever? Law and Order. No offense to the shows. Because they're, proce- they're procedural. They're procedural. You know what you're going to expect from every exactly. episode. And, no, and, and again, I know people love Law and Order and everything. I can only watch so much of that because I know what's going to happen. It gets boring. It's just mass market television that everybody can watch. That's what this felt like, except it was an hour long, which is crazy that you d- couldn't say anything in an hour mm-hmm. of any importance. Well, here's to hoping that uh, next week's episode, Among the Lotus Eaters, um, returns to form, you know, like with what we're kind of, you know, used to with Strange New Worlds. I mean, I we know the show is, can be good. We know the show can be great. And we've had, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go out there and just say, like, we've had two, of the three episodes, we've had two duds. More or less. Yep. So, all right. Well, <clears throat> that is it. We're not doing we're not doing Twitter poll uh, for this episode. Um, anyway, but we'll be uh, we'll be back next time. And can you believe it? Um, all you out in listener land, we're we're quickly approaching two hundred episodes of this dang podcast. Holy shnikes! Holy cow! 200 episodes we'll be here before you know it it's kind of crazy um anyway but gents thank you as always for the the conversation the chatting and the um processing (laughs) feelings of you know these dang episodes uh week after week we'll always appreciate it um all you in listener land what did you think of the episode uh is it a five is a six seven is it is this a ten for you we'd love to hear uh, check us out, um, connect with us and all the things. Uh, we're all on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we just updated our link tree um, on Instagram so you can find um, places, find our stuff a little bit easier. Um, you know, what we're currently reading, of course, uh, for our next book review, as well as being able to get to our Facebook group um, a little bit easier and our pages a little bit easier. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you know, share your thoughts, ideas, whatever. Uh, open up ha- hailing frequencies and entering coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before we go into an alternate past, and we have to buy hot dogs with Canadian money. Um, if you want to send us something, um, I don't know, like a cool-looking Star Trek paperweight, we'd love to get that. Um, Send to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, remember to boldly go and make it so.